Welcome to today's audio podcast, a sermon teaching from Grace Bible Church of Akron. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of GBC and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at gbcakron.org. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at gbcakron.org. That's I-N-F-O at gbcakron.org. Also, if you would like to support Grace Bible Church, you may do so by visiting gbcakron.org forward slash giving. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Hey, you know, I um, have spent a little time in Africa. You, you, you know, and sometimes when people say Africa, they think of it as a country. You know, Africa is a whole continent, Okay. Uh, and so I've, I've had a little opportunity to, to spend some time in a couple of countries in Africa and, and learn some things while I'm there. And one of the things I've learned is what happens when a baby giraffe is, is born. And it's, it's the strangest thing, okay? So when a, when a baby giraffe is born, um, first of all, it falls to the ground. Mom is not on the ground when she gives birth. She's standing. And so the baby falls about eight feet to the ground. And then mom will stand over the giraffe and she'll, she'll, you know, nuzzle it. She'll, she'll put her head down and make sure everything's okay. And then the mom does the strangest thing. She'll stand over the baby giraffe and she'll take one of her long legs and she'll raise it up and kick that giraffe. And it just rolls on the ground. And mom watches it, and the baby is trying to get up. And if the, if the baby is too slow, or, or if it gets too tired, the mom will simply go over and stand over it again and raise its leg up and kick that giraffe again. And that giraffe will roll on the ground. And it's quite painful to watch, to see this little giraffe struggle to stand up and finally finally it will stand on all fours and it's wobbling there and you can tell it looks to its mother for approval and the mother will come up and do the strangest thing she will kick that baby giraffe again and knock it down and she continues to do that for this reason she wants this baby giraffe to learn how to remember to get up. Because baby giraffes are a favorite delicatessen of lions and hyenas. And a baby giraffe, even though it's a baby, can outrun a lion. And it can outrun hyenas. But it has to remember how to get up. And this baby giraffe, the minute that it is born, it learns a very, a very valuable lesson. And the lesson is simply <laughs> that life is tough. It is. It's tough. And, and you have to, you, there's things that, that we need to endure so that we can handle when life is tough. And even as, as followers of Jesus Christ, Life can be tough. It can, it can be hard. And there are some things that we need to learn 
at the hand of God that when it's happening, just like when that mom is kicking her baby giraffe, to, to watch that, you think, oh, how cruel, what's wrong? Take that mom away. What, what, is, what is she doing? But she's actually doing the most loving thing she can do for her child. Or her, not her child, her baby giraffe. It's not a child. <laughs> but, but you follow, right? You see what I'm saying? And, and sometimes there are some things that we have to endure as followers because, you know, we have a predator, we have someone, we have an enemy that, that's trying to get to us. And we too need to know how to stand. And the Bible talks about this in James chapter 1. We're going to look at a, a couple of verses here, but the very opening verse, it's a, there's a word there that if we're not careful, we'll skip over it altogether. But notice what it says. It says, James, a servant of God... And the Lord Jesus Christ, actually James was Jesus' half-brother. They were both raised by Mary, but they didn't have the same father. And so James, he's, he's writing this letter to believers, and he says, James, the servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, Greetings. So James is writing this letter when he calls the 12 tribes. He's, he's talking to, to Jewish Christians. And he calls them something very interesting. He says, you're scattered. You're scattered. So, so what had happened is that in Jerusalem there had been uh, a persecution of believers that happened. If you're familiar with the Bible, uh, back in the book of Acts, there was a guy there named Stephen who was full of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and Stephen was preaching one day, and, and some people got really mad at him, and ultimately they ended up killing him in the street. And after that, the Bible tells us that there was a great persecution in the city of Jerusalem, and the people had to flee the city because they were followers of Jesus. And James is writing to those people. He's writing to those people that were scattered, not sheltered, not satisfied people, not shielded people, scattered people. You see, these people had already endured what it felt like to have a predator in their life. And they're scattered. And he goes on to say, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James is dealing with a question that a lot of us ask at different times, and that is, why does God allow Jesus' followers to suffer? Now, everybody suffers, right? If you're living on this planet, you're going to suffer, all right? Humanity suffers. But there's this idea that if we become a follower of Jesus, and if we're sincerely trying to live for God, why does God still allow us to suffer? Because well, we're, we're trying to follow him. We're, we're trying to live for him. We're trying to be who he created us to be. And if that's the case, why does he allow his people 
to suffer. Why should their faith be tested? They already have faith. So why, why should he have to test it? So James is, is dealing with this question. Now, here's the thing. James doesn't really give us a complete answer to the question because, honestly, the answer to that question is above our pay grade. We, we just don't know why God does some of the things he does. That's why he's God. But James does give us some ideas and some things to consider when we're going through a trial, when we're being taught the lesson to stand up. James kind of lets us know what's behind some of this. And it centers around this idea of, of joy. And how can you and I find joy when life is tough? Because there are some days that life is tough. And it does test our faith. We, we begin to doubt the goodness of God. We begin to doubt God's plan. We begin to wonder if God really cares or if God is going to help or if he's going to rescue us. And we all have those moments. But how can we find joy? Because that's what James is writing to these people. These people have, you know, we, I, I, all of us have had a bad day, but none of us have been chased from our homes because we're following Jesus. That's what had happened to these people. They gave up their careers. They were separated from family. They lost their assets. They fled for their lives. And James writes a letter, and he says, look, I realize you're a scattered people, but consider it pure joy. Okay, that doesn't make sense. I, part of me wants to like to stop reading, right? Let's just stop reading right there, because how realistic is that? But James is, is giving us some ideas about how you and I can find joy when life is tough. So I want you to look and listen to God's word again, okay? Let's go back and look at this verse. It's going to be overhead. Look at what James wrote. He said, consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let me tell you what he's not saying first. He's not saying that you and I should be joyful when we're in trouble or when we're going through trouble or when life hurts that somehow we put on some kind of plastic smile and, and we pretend things are great when they're not great. That we pretend that we feel something that we don't feel. He's not saying that at all. That, that's not what he means when he says, consider it pure joy. James is not saying that we should find happiness in hardship. But he is giving us some insider information. Because look at what it says. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials because you know. What do we know? That's, that's insider information. Now, in the corporate world... When people have insider information, 
it usually means they're going to get rich, right? But in God's kingdom, when we have insider information, it means we're going to find joy. Because we're aware of something that God is doing that's not common knowledge to everyone else. That's what insider information is. Insider information is that information about something that some key people, those that, that are key or are uh, uh, privy to know things and see things, they understand the workings of what's going on, but the common person is not aware of it. Well, in life, when we're following Jesus, he gives us insider information. He allows us to know some things that maybe the common average person doesn't know when they're not following Jesus. And so this insider information is simply that you and I must remember God uses trials to produce perseverance. Now perseverance, it has two meanings. It has two ways to look at it. First of all, perseverance is the picture of a person successfully carrying a heavy load for a long time. And so what happens is, is, they, is they produce, a, a, a strength is produced in them as they carry this heavy load for a long time. That's the idea of perseverance. The other picture that we get from perseverance is, is the idea that someone is able to stand in the midst of a storm. That that they 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 are not uh, they they don't they don't lose their footing they they don't they don't lose their way they're they're able to stand in the midst of a storm because they persevere it's kind of like that baby giraffe able to stand even though the mom is making it difficult at the moment that's perseverance again those those. It's like a muscle being developed so that we're able to, to persevere, to endure, to do something in the face of hardship. And James is saying, all right, when you're going through a trial, when, you're, when your faith is, is being tested and life is hard, all right, God's using this to make you stronger. God's using this to develop perseverance inside of you. Listen, if we don't have perseverance, do you know what we are? We're spoiled brats, demanding everything we want when we want it. If you want to know what a world of, without perseverance looks like, just turn on your news. People can't handle not getting what they want. They can't handle going through hardship. They're, they're giving up. They're quitting. They're turning to other things to try to cope instead of letting their faith be strengthened. Even God's people are having a hard time in today's world letting their faith be strengthened through trials, through testing of our faith, through us not getting everything we want when we want it, through us having to, to 
walk through trouble and hardship and difficulty and things that are uncomfortable. God is using that in His people to produce perseverance. The ability to stand in a storm instead of cave in a storm. But that's not all that's going on. Because look at what else God's Word says. Just look at it on the screen. Notice what He says. He says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So James is giving us a little bit more of some insider information. So again, in the corporate world, when someone has insider information, a lot of times what they do is they use that for selfish gain. They, they, they found a way that they can have something other people can't have. But in God's kingdom, what, what happens when we get insider information is, is that we have joy when others don't have joy. When we understand what God is doing in the midst of a hardship, in the, in the midst of an uncomfortable thing, when you and I accept what God is doing in us, we can find joy in places where others can't find joy. That's good preaching, and nobody said amen to that. I'm not sure you people will believe what I'm saying to you. You really can find joy in places where other people can't find joy because of what Jesus is doing inside of us. That's what James is talking about. See, God is letting us know that perseverance is the fertilizer that produces character. Now, here's what we know about character. We want everyone around us to have character, but we're not always so certain we want to be a person of character. But we want everyone else around us to have character. God says, look, here's what's going on. When your faith is being tested and you're going through a difficult time in life or a difficult season in life, God is trying to produce perseverance inside of you. He, he's trying to produce a strength in you that wasn't there. And the purpose of this strength is so that your character may be complete. When he, when he uses these words uh, uh, talking about uh, be mature, complete, complete, not lacking anything. He's talking about our character, not our bank accounts. He's talking about our character, that we might be the person that, that he created us to be and that we would be, be that completely, that, that our character would lack nothing. God cares more about our character than any comfort we could possibly pursue in life. And we say, we say, well, why? Why does God care so much about our character? Because it is the only thing that we take with us to eternity. We leave every other comfort behind. You're going to leave your job behind. You're going to leave your retirement behind. You're going to leave your house behind, your car, your family, every asset, everything that you think is important, you will leave it behind. And the only thing we take to heaven is our character. The only thing we cross over when we cross over from life to death is who we were, not what we had. 
And so he, he knows that. And so he's trying to produce that inside of us because that lasts forever. That lasts forever. He wants us to grow up in our character. And, and, and you know, that's not such a strange desire. Any person sitting here who's a parent, what do we want from our kids? We want them to grow up. We don't want to change their diaper when they're 20. We don't want to do that. We don't even want to do that when they're 10, do we? Or five. We want them to grow up. But it's more than just grow up and be productive. We want them to grow up and be good. That's what we want. We want them to be good. Not just successful, not just smart, not just talented. Because you know what? I know a lot of talented people who aren't any good. I know a lot of smart people who aren't any good. I know a lot of people who are successful, but they're not good people. God wants us to grow up and be good more than anything. More than anything, that's what he wants. And so he realizes that for that to happen, we must have our faith tested. We must, we must go through difficulty and hardship so that we can develop perseverance and so that after we have perseverance, we can become good people who represent him well. But here's the thing, we have a predator. We have a predator that if we're unwilling to grow, if we're unwilling to let that strength be developed, and if we're unwilling to become the people that he's created us to be, well, then what happens is, is we get separated from the herd. We become an easy target. Something the, the predator can easily find and chase down and overcome because we refuse to learn the lesson to stand and to be strong. And there's some values that make us an easy prey for the predator. The first is valuing comfort over character. Listen, if we, if we value being comfortable over being good, it makes us easy prey. It makes us easy prey for the predator. We will lose our way we will not value perseverance. And we'll be overcome. There's a lot of that going on in the world. People valuing being comfortable over being good. And I'm not just talking about the people who are sitting out there somewhere or the people who are not watching online. This is happening among God's people. People valuing being comfortable over being good. It makes us easy prey. Because we don't value the perseverance that he's trying to develop inside of us through the struggles that he allows into our life for our good. For our good. There's another value that if we're not careful, it gets in the way, and that is to value the temporary over the eternal. 
to, to value the here and now over the then and there. James starts this passage off by saying, consider it pure joy. That word consider, it is a financial term. It, it, is, it is a term that means evaluate the value. Be able to, to look at something and to determine its real value. Consider it. And so what happens to you and I is, is we live in the here and the now. I get it. We, our feet are firmly planted on earth. But our hearts must be turned to the then and there. And if we don't do that, listen, if we, if, we don't, if we don't understand what's really valuable in life, if we don't consider what is really valuable in life, then we will always choose the temporary over the eternal, and that will separate us from the herd, and we become easy prey for the predator. Because all we can see is the here and now and not value the then and there and what he's trying to accomplish inside of us for what's truly important in life. There's another value that gets in the way and that is to value entitlement over self-denial. You see, trials... When our faith is being tested, when God is allowing us to go through something that ultimately we begin to doubt His goodness or doubt His plan or, or, or we begin to question His judgment for what's best for us, when we're going through those things, typically what's happening is we're not getting what we want. We don't get the health we want. We don't get the finances we want. We don't get the car we want. We don't get the relationship we want. We, we, we get the problem instead of, instead of the, the success. We, we're not getting what we want. We're being denied what we want. And, and listen, that is so hard for us because we live in a land that tells us we deserve what we want. You're entitled to it. In fact, our entire advertising community is built around telling you you need something and that you deserve it and now get up and go get it. Every commercial we watch tells us that. You deserve whiter teeth. <laughs> Buy this product and your teeth will be white. Now get up, go get it. And every commercial we have tells us this. And believe it or not, we begin, to leave, we begin to live that way. We begin to believe it. We're entitled. God, I'm entitled to what I want. I shouldn't have to wait. I shouldn't have to deny myself something. I should be able to go out and get it right now. I'm entitled to that. And when we live that way, let me tell you something, we become easy prey. Easy prey for the predator. Because we refuse to learn how to stand up. We refuse to learn to develop the muscles needed to be the person that he's created us to be. And we become easy prey. And if we're not careful, let me tell you what an easy prey person looks like. They're bitter. 
Generally, they're bitter people. And they're, and they're kind of, you know, because everybody goes through troubles in life. You do know this, right? Everybody goes through troubles. But have you noticed that some people go through troubles and they come out really bitter on the other end of it? But some people can go through the exact same trouble and come out better. And there's only one letter difference between bitter and better. It's I. That's it. What is, what is the attitude that we have when we're going through trouble? Can we trust God that He has a plan, that this is for our good? Can we consider it? Can we evaluate it as being productive and joyful in our life? That, that, that God is teaching me something now that I will have great reward from in the future. So therefore, I may not enjoy this. I may not be able to smile as much as I want to smile, but I, I know there's good in this. I know there's good. You see, when we're encountering a trial in our life, we really only have three options. Sometimes we just endure them. You know, we just, we're kind of like the baseball player that doesn't agree with the umpire's call. We, we kick the dust and say, well, fine, there's nothing I can do about it. And we just get bitter and to the point we don't trust any umpires. Umpires. <laughs> we don't trust any umpires. They're all bad. They're all jaded. They, they're always for the other team. They're never for me. There's people who live their life thinking that. Everything and everyone is against them. And they just endure it. And they get so bitter. Government's bad. Police are bad. Different colored people are bad. Different ethnic groups are bad. Certain music is bad. Everything that they don't like is just bad. And it's all against them. And they just endure life. Some people, another option is, is to, I can't find it in my notes, <laughs> escape them. <laughs> That's what we do with trials. We just want to escape them. We want to we get away from them. And so we, we do whatever we need to do to get away from it, whether it, it's, it's sex or, or drinking or drugs or gambling or, or I'm going to binge watch my favorite show for the entire weekend on Netflix so I can just escape my problems. That doesn't make us better people either. That just makes us look like our head is stuck in the sand. And we don't know what's going on around us. Because I don't want to deal with all of it. La, 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 la. I don't want to deal with it. Another option, though, is, is to embrace them. Embrace the trials that we're going through and say, you know what, Lord, I believe you have a plan. I, I, believe, I believe you love me. I believe you're going to take care of me. I believe you're going to bring good in me and through me as I go through this. And that doesn't mean I, I like every part of it. It doesn't mean that I, that I have some kind of fake, phony smile on my face. 
But deep in my bones, Lord, I believe, I know you have a good plan. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Those people get better. They get better. I heard a story one time about a guy who had a, a daughter, and she came to him, and she was complaining about her life, how hard it was, so many obstacles. Everyone seemed to be against her. Nothing seemed to go her way. Her dad was a, a chef. He said, honey, come with me into the kitchen. And so while she was complaining and talking, he, he got out three pots, and he filled them with water, and he began to boil the water in these three separate pots while she was just going on and on. While she was talking, he went and he got a potato and he got an egg and he got some grounded up coffee beans. And he said, daughter, do you, do you see what I'm doing here? Do you see what I have? She said, yeah, you have a potato, an egg, and some coffee beans. And he put the potato in one pot, he put the egg in one pot, and he put the ground up coffee beans in another pot. And she just continued to rattle on, and he let those things boil for a while. Finally, he turned them off, and he said, Honey, I'm trying to show you something. Do you see what I have here? And she said, Yeah, Dad, I see. You, you have a potato, you, you have an egg, and, and you have some ground-up coffee beans, and you put them all in hot water. Lord, I, I, Dad, I, I get it, but, but I don't get what you're trying to tell me as she rolled her eyes, you know. And he said, Well, this is it. Look. The, the potato and, and the egg and, and the ground-up coffee beans, they all went through the same trouble. The potato, when it entered the boiling water, after it went through that trouble and came out, it's just soft and mushy. And the egg, it went into the boiling water, it was tender and soft inside, and it's come out hard on the inside but the ground up coffee beans something different happened with them they actually changed the water and turned it into coffee and he looked at his daughter and he said now which one are you are the are the trials and the troubles of life are they are they changing you or are you taking the trials and troubles and turning them into something brand new that's kind of true for all of us isn't it that's how it works. And can, let me kind of tell you something. Look, I, I, I may make everyone mad by what I'm about to say, but here's a really good way to evaluate this. The pandemic that we have been through and are continuing to deal with the residual effects of, that's been a trial for a lot of people. That's been a testing of our faith. I'm just wondering, are you better or bitter? Which one? Did it, did it change you? Or did you change it? Because let me tell you something. I, 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 well, we've all heard a fair, fair amount of bickering and 
biting and bellowing and can't say what I really want to say. We've all heard it. We've all heard it. And what's bad is it's coming from us. And it just makes us easy prey. It separates us from the herd. And the roaring lion seeking to devour finds us. I think it's time we grow up a little bit. I think it's time we, we say, Lord, I trust you, even in this. And all the hardship and all the heartache and all the silliness that I think it creates, Lord, I trust you. I trust you in this. You know, if you don't want to be easy prey for the predator, if you want victory and you want the ability to be an agent of change as opposed to being changed, I'm telling you that's found in Jesus Christ. That's, that's where that comes from. And, and I, and, and the pastors here, we would, we would love to tell you how that happens. And if you would like to know more about that, then I ask you to text the word follow to 330-625-5254. All you're going to do when you text that word is open up a line of communication between yourself and a pastor here at Grace Bible Church. We'll call you and we'll talk to you about what it means to be an agent of change because of Jesus. We'll talk about what it means to not be easy prey. What it means to find joy in a difficult place because that's possible I want to leave you with a with a prayer that maybe you can use this week it simply says father teach me the value of trials that test my faith in you teach me to embrace the process of persevering so my character will grow and let my character grow so I can find joy where my enemy wants me to stumble. I trust you have a plan where I am feeling weak or overwhelmed. And by the power of your spirit, I will persevere and find joy. I pray it in Jesus' name. I hope that can be your prayer this week. You know, if you're a guest of ours this morning, again, we would really like to meet you connect with you on your way out this morning at the welcome desk tony and beth are there they would love to greet you and talk to you so please do that if you're a guest of ours this morning thank you for being here today have a great week we'll see you next sunday god bless you